Welcome to Cypherspeak, Artifacts, Ciphers, and Podities. Remember, Padawan, your focus determines your reality. Mm. <laughs> Welcome to Cypherspeak. <laughs> I am here today with my co-host Darcy, who is an excitable dabbler who can't make up her mind. That's very true. And I'm here with my co-host Troy, who is a focused focuser who focuses on focusing his foci. And today we are talking about foci this week. Want to want to get into a little more depth, Troy? Yeah, um, specifically, we are talking about uh, customizing uh, foci. This is kind of the third part of the character sentence. Uh, so it's the part that goes after the who. Uh, so, you know, who cannot make up her mind in Darcy's sentence. That is the, the focus part. Um, so there's hundreds of foci currently available, but what happens when you can't find the right one for your custom cipher magical girl zombie apocalypse lost in space mashup game? You know, I run into this problem all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, not really, but uh, when, when you do get into this problem, or uh, even if you... Uh, even sometimes when you find a focus that's really close, sometimes it's still just a little off from what your game or your character concept is. And so, you know, we wanted to talk about both customizing foci and, and kind of making them from whole cloth to suit your needs. So we're going to we're excited to talk about um, how to go about that. And of course, there is going to be straight up guidance on this in the upcoming new Cypher System rulebook. But we're a ways off from that being released. So uh, I think we're going to explain to you our take on it, and it'll be really exciting to see what the official word on how to create and customize your own foci will be and whether that matches up to what we suggest or not. Uh, absolutely. Um, and this topic was actually suggested to us by uh, both Spigs and uh, Jen Kitty from the Cypher Unlimited Discord. Aww, so, um, yeah, they are, they are who kind of said that this is a question that they see around the discord quite a bit so mm. um we wanted to kind of put something out there to maybe give some people some guidelines maybe answer some kind of frequently asked questions kind of thing absolutely that's great and uh we'll include a link to the discord in the show notes um they are a great community and you should go check them out if you haven't yet for sure all right so in your custom cypher magical girl zombie apocalypse lost in space mashup troy uh what's the first step we should take when we realize that your your character just you know you're just not finding the foci you need for this particular setting what's your first step uh so the first thing that you should do and this is uh you know kind of uh, a programmer thing right make sure the code that you uh are trying to write doesn't already exist nice. right don't don't reinvent the wheel so there are lots of foci out there and maybe, you know, the one you're looking for already exists or something super close to it. So maybe ask around or maybe use, you know, the, uh, what's the online resource called that has... The Cypher Guide. The Cypher Cypher-Guide.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll put a link to that as well in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, we will. Um, you know, just take a look out there and maybe, you know, search, look through some titles, look and see if anything's close and then take a read of it and see... Maybe it's already there or something really close to it. And then it's easy. You know, you're pretty, pretty close to done. So, I mean, the pro of that is it's pretty fast, right? You don't have to worry about, you know, balance. You don't have to worry about making something. It's just, it's ready to go for you. 
the con is maybe it's not quite the perfect fit and you don't get mm-hmm. to make anything new, right? So if you're somebody who likes to make new foci mm-hmm. or not, likes to make new things for their game, like homebrew rules or settings or whatever, this may not be the right approach for you. But if you're just looking to get something that fits your kind of world and what you want to accomplish, that's an easy way to get it done. Yeah, and I think I at least in my case, this is probably a step I would take even if I know I'm probably going to create something myself because I I can kind of pay attention to as I read these different foci, what am I reacting to? What's really exciting me? It's, you know, it's a great source for inspiration. Even if you know you want to create your own thing, getting a sense of some good ideas you might want to throw into or be inspired by in your own focus creation. So that's a step I always take, but I'm, I'm a kind of person who needs to like research a topic before they create a thing. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll kind of get into this in some of our other ones, you know, where you're taking inspiration from uh, other other foci. Uh, so Darcy, assuming the focus that I want doesn't exist or doesn't quite exist, what's something else that you can do when creating foci of your very own? Right. Uh, so a lot of times the mechanical underpinnings of a focus are are kind of what you're after, right? Oh, it gives some skills, it gives some uh, an ability that sounds really close to something I would want, but but it still isn't quite right. You can reskin it. So um, that is, it's changing some of the fluff around, you know, it's keeping a lot of the mechanical uh, nature of the focus and and being like, oh, but if you if you reimagined, uh, you know, I think the Howls at the Moon is the example you were talking about. So Howl, Howls at the Moon is about, uh, you know, you're you're this kind of lycanthrope or something anthrope uh, or <laughs> uh, you're a a thing that uh, based on different times of of the day or of the month you become some horrible creature right mm-hmm. and, and you as you tear up in that you get better control over it and things like that but you may not want to be a weird ravage bear from Numenera you know you might want to just turn into like uh, a cat uh, a feral cat but the trigger might be something you don't want it based on time. You want it based on something else, like the presence of a certain spices. So if this if this person smells a certain spice, they will transform into a cat, um, and thus the meows at catnip focus was born, which I love. You're all welcome. Yes, <laughs> it's straight from the brain of Troy Pitchelman. Um, I, yeah, I think skinning is is a thing that I like to do, and I almost like to do this even if I'm really not changing much at all about the mechanics of the focus. I think giving it a more descriptive name that feels right for your character can like help me get into character, help it feel, you know, contribute toward the atmosphere of the setting. So I, I'm super pro uh, skinning foci. Yeah. And, and you might be skinning foci and not even realize you're doing it, right? Mm. When you select a foci for your character and you take that kind of basic description of, you know, um, wears a sheen of ice uh, and it kind of gives that ice armor as like one of the early levels. You know, maybe when you describe that ice armor in a very specific or unique way, you know, maybe you want your ice armor to kind of like manifest itself as a shield instead of like this armor that kind of covers your whole body, but still serves the same purpose. You're basically skinning that, that foci. Yeah, another just example I wanted to give that is sort of a even less 
kit bashing than this one is, is like talks to machines, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a thing that where you you gain some skills, you gain some abilities to engage with machines uh, in ways that other people can't. You know, I'd be happy skinning that with like talks to rats, right? Sure. So like I have some affinity with rats. If you look down that list, you, you, you'd want to like, you know, scratch out some of the skills and turn them into things that are more rat-like, but, you know, distant activation, you can... You can maybe know about any rats nearby or summon yeah. them nearby. Uh, charm machine, it becomes charm rat, right? Command machine, command rat. So th there's some really simple ways you can plug and play and kind of mad libs it <laughs> uh, to reskin that I think is is really quick. Yeah, ab absolutely. That That is reskinning just perfectly to a T. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the pros of this, like I was saying, is that it's super easy and it's quick to get to the table. But um, what, what might be a con someone thinks about, Troy? Um, you know, it, it still might not be perfect, mm -hmm. right? It, it's still you're still using an existing kit. It might not be quite everything you want it to be. Um, and if this matters to you, right, it might be noticeable as a skin to people who have played before. You know, mm -hmm. so if you're trying to, as a GM, maybe kind of give a, a really new and unique experience for whatever your setting is, mm -hmm. you know, somebody might sit down at your table and start playing and be like, oh, this is just the, you know, um, where's a badge focus, right? Skinned up a little bit for your setting. Right. Um, so it depends on what you're going for, but that could be a con. Right. If you're really trying, if you're trying to get very, very specific and if you're playing with experienced players and you want to give them something really new, yep. uh, then that might, uh, if that's part of the magic, you know, that you're trying to attain, <laughs> yeah. that might uh, bring it down a little bit. But I, I would also say lots of times, you know, depending on your players, depending on what you're going for, lots of people will not care <laughs> that they notice it. Right. Um, then people may even react excited about it. Like, oh, wow, I got to see what you did there. That's really cool. So yeah. it just depends on what you're going for and what your players are. Mm -hmm. For sure. So the next one I'm going to talk about is uh, selective replacement. So mm -hmm. this is where you look at a foci and you're like, oh, I love everything about this except for one or two abilities. Yeah, right. Right. So you've looked at it. You've looked through the a bunch of foci and you're like, oh, this one is perfect except for this like this thing right. doesn't fit the setting or doesn't fit my character idea um you know it's really close i love everything else about it but there's just this little piece that just doesn't seem to work mm -hmm. again you have a nice good starting point right it's kind of like reskinning but in this case maybe you have you know you have six tiers of focus abilities and you love four or five of them you have that base. Let's let's run with that base and let's use that and then make an alternative. So an example that I looked at is say that you're looking at the works miracle focus and everything about it is perfect for your game except for the tier two ability of alleviate, right? That's a relatively early ability. And basically it allows you to basically remove any poison or disease. What if poison or disease is a big deal in your game like the aforementioned zombie apocalypse <laughs> magical girls lost in space mashup game where the zombie disease is a disease, right? Like it's right. that that's the root of it. So, I mean, you could say, Oh, it just doesn't work on that disease, but maybe that's not, you know, a great, you know, you don't want to just hand wave and say, Oh, your thing works except for 
this very specific thing in this setting because it kind of feels like you're taking something away from the player at that point. What if you in your game replaced that with the ability to detect the presence of the zombie disease in someone, mm. right? In a zombie game, that would be a pretty important ability, right? right. You know, so uh, so something like that. And it can be as simple as that, like, oh, this thing is just doesn't fit my campaign world or doesn't fit my character idea. So let's just see if I can change this one piece and then the rest of the focus I can use as is. Yeah. And I think I like your example because, you know, you found the thing that didn't fit the setting as much. And, you know, if I was that player, I'd be really excited that I got an ability that was so tied into the setting Mm -hmm. that really changes it from, oh, man, I have this like kind of I'm bummed out that I have this ability that really isn't useful in the setting. And that turns it into I have a like not overpowered, but really, really important kind of ability that's going to, you know, it just totally flips that around. I like, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, you know, depending on where this, where that ability is, is sort of that the danger for me, I think is figuring out, you know, is it a tier one ability that I'm swapping out or is it a tier five? Because those tend to have different power levels, right? And they, they're a little, uh, sort of, you got to feel it out as you go. So, um, that, that's really where I would want to spend some time is thinking about, okay, it's a tier three ability. I'd probably read through a lot of tier three abilities and try to get a sense of like what's too powerful or just powerful enough. Um, before I, before I did something like that, that would be my main concern. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because works miracles actually has a, I think a tier five ability that also allows you to cure disease. And ah. I intentionally did not remove that one because nice. if they get to tier five, maybe they should have the ability to remove the zombie disease from people. Perfect. Yeah, I really like that. Um, it does some other stuff too, obviously, because it's tier five and it's more powerful than the tier two. But, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I think one other concern I have that that I found in my games is that sometimes I... You know, my table will be different from Monty's table, will be different from Troy's, will be different from yours in terms of how we uh, adjudicate the rules, what we think is a reasonable thing, what uh, what certain tasks fall under. And that is a strength of the cipher system and not a weakness. But it means we're different. So um, one example I had when looking at the abilities was, um, I think it was Control's Beast or something, but we, we had the, this person's Beast companion and how I was running that companion almost invalidated one of the later abilities she got because I didn't realize that that was a thing that was going to be unlocked. It was just flowing from the narrative and seemed reasonable that she was already uh, communicating a bit uh, to to the beast or something. It was sure. one of those, mm-hmm. um, oh, now you can, now you have permission to like do this thing that shouldn't really be available in the rules. But based on, you know, she had a sesky, they're already like highly trained animals <laughs> that kind of communicate. So, uh it made sense in the narrative that we were kind of already letting her have that ability early. And so I was like, Ooh, well maybe, maybe that's on me as a bad GM. I, I unbalance this a little bit, but it seemed to work for the whole group. So I didn't mind. And so I think we had to find something else or I think possibly I kind of stepped that ability up. I was like, Oh yeah, you can communicate them. But, uh, I, I'm not sure what I did, but we sort of like took that ability that she got that was basically, permission to do what she's already been doing and we made sure it gave her something extra yeah so i think that was 
also something to watch out for is like how you use these abilities might differ from table to table. Um, and so what that ability might be perfectly fine for everyone else at a different table. But for our particular story, that ability was a little bit of a dud for our very, very specific consequences. And so um, and I, I know that the player felt the player came from D&D and was really worried about like changing the rules and like, you know, didn't want to ask for special treatment. And so I, I was I was a. Uh, I really had to, you know, point to the rule book and say, that's not cheating. That's awesome. Like this, this is what the rules tell me to do. If like, if this is not working, we like the rules tell me that we are supposed to play with this and supposed to utilize those optional rules about bringing in a modifying the game to fit our needs. <laughs> so I really had to work with her to, to convince her that she shouldn't take a, an ability that didn't make sense for her character. Cause I, the GM want her to have a, a real tear up. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 good advice. And and that sort of fits into another kind of piece of advice that I think sort of dovetails into this discussion a little bit is say you don't want to replace an ability uh, you know when you're looking at kind of your custom foci for your campaign, but what if you just want to offer more options? Mm. Right? So Numenera 2 has kind of opened this up with some new uh, tier options at certain levels. Um, You know, so like at level three, there are now two choices to take for your tier up ability. There's Mm -hmm. nothing to say that you can't, you know, put your kind of custom stuff alongside of the other options or even give two custom options at a level, right? Um, So don't, don't think that because, you know, in Numenera, it's only at, uh, you know, a couple of levels that you have the option that you couldn't when you build your foci. Now, obviously, this is a lot more work, but when you <laughs> when you're kind of putting your foci together, you know, you could say, "Oh, I want to replace the tier two ability, and I want to give these two options because I think each one of them would feed like uniquely into the tier three options that are already there, or something like that." It, it is more work, but sort of a a smaller step that I might do in a ca- in my next campaign is like maybe when we're all getting up toward tier three or whatever, I have a little conversation with the players and sort of get a sense of the kind of, you know, maybe I think about, you know, the, the ability that exists in their current focus and then think about an alternative that I could build for them and just talk about whether they want to go offensive or defensive, get a sense of the kind of ability they're interested in, and then I could build it afterward as opposed to prescribing it because I'm I'm always put off the work till the last minute kind of person. <laughs> so um, yeah, I might I might just maybe do a little customization with everyone when they get to their tier three uh, if they if they so choose if they have mm-hmm. a cool idea. Yes, no, that, that's yeah. cool. Uh, that's really smart though. So what are the pros and cons? Yeah, I, again. Um, you get to kind of do a little selective design, um, you know, so you're designing a little kind of piece of, of a focus, which is a good way to kind of dip your, dip your toe into that, that focus design waters. And it's, again, it's pretty easy to get to the table. Um, it's maybe just a touch harder than reskinning because you have to think about what you want that new ability to be and how it fits in. And kind of like Darcy was talking about, maybe look at a bunch of other ones to make sure you're not imbalancing anything. Um, but you know, it's, it's still relatively easy, uh, to get to the table. Um, but the con is, you know, you have to be careful. You have to make sure you look at the whole focus holistically when you're making a change. Some folk I build 
later abilities on earlier abilities or mm. you know there there can just be some things that like oh you are just accelerating their power um you know and in a lot of cases that's not a problem in numenera but you, you don't want it to get too out of hand so you, you don't want it to kind of you know wreck the focus one way or another like maybe you just say oh i'm going to give them an ability that you know gives them an asset on their roles but then the next tier what if there's another ability that gives them an asset on their roles? so right now all of a sudden they've got two assets you know which oh man if if they're doing this thing and they always have two assets that's you know that's quite a bit more powerful Right. Um, that's a really good point. Look ahead a little bit <laughs> would definitely be one of the, the advisements I'd give. But um, course correction is available as you go. So mm, I would say sure. don't don't fear it too much. But um, that is definitely a thing that you can easily do. Um, so I think we're, we're starting to dig into, OK, what if your highly specific mashup setting is or your highly specific character concept, you know, is just not appropriate or or it would sing better if you could create your own mm-hmm. so let's talk about what you would consider when you build a new focus from scratch so if we're going to take and build it from scratch you have to kind of think about the whole design process and and i will say that if you're designing from scratch and you are like making one for maybe your one shot you know, that that's mm. okay, but I often find that a little jarring. Like if if there's six people at the table and one has a custom focus and the other five have kind of like some of the standard foci, I don't know. It, it, it just feels a little off to me, right? Like this one player got like super special character treatment, you know, and everybody else just got the standard off the, the shelf stuff, you know? So... Uh, you know, I, I guess it's not that you have to do it for every single character, but just kind of consider that, you know, I guess is the first thing that I would think about. Yeah. And bring it up with your players, right? When you're doing that, maybe session zero kind of character creation stuff. Uh, talk about the fact that, you know, are you finding something in the book that really works for you? If not, let's customize it together. Or I have this, I have these foci that I've dreamed up that are really cool for this setting. They're optional for you to take, but, you know, a cipher system character is built by so much more than just their focus that, you know, you've got all your type abilities and your descriptor. And so, um, you know, a focus is an important part of you, but it really is not the end all be all. So I think I can understand why some players may want to take, you know, and this is something we should get into here. Like there are really different types of, of foci that I wish I had spent a little more. I would love to do like a cool analysis of like categorizing all the, you know, hundreds of foci that are out there. (laughs) I'm positive. I do not have the time to do that, but, but we can talk about a few of the categories and I think like perhaps certain categories are, have lots and lots of options and then certain categories are not as well represented in the existing literature. And maybe that's why you'll, someone will want to custom focus where other people will find something that works for them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But but again, so assuming you're going down the the custom uh, foci pl- path, and mm-hmm. for your magical girl game, you need to you know create the zombie love is magic, um, mm. you know foci. Yes. And uh, you know how how do you go about doing that? And I think the first step that I would make, and this is very similar to what we just talked about above, but more broader, right? Is 
look at a bunch of other foci and try to get an idea of what the power level of each, you know, kind of tier ability is. Um, Now, if you are creating all brand new foci for your game and you're not going to use any standard foci, this is a little bit, you can kind of get away with a little bit more wiggle room here because then you just want your foci to be kind of somewhat balanced across to each other, right? But if you're going to integrate them into kind of a normal, you know, quote unquote, you know, cipher set of foci, again, you want them to be somewhat balanced across each other. That's a great point. But like Darcy said, you still want them to be cool, you know, so you have to find that that boundary and see how far you can push it. Yeah. Um, Let's take one minute to, to talk about like the anatomy of a focus. So, you know, when you look at it in the book, um, and especially if I was going to make, you know, 10 foci, because maybe I want to publish this on the shameless plug, uh, Cypher Creator, <laughs> Cypher System Creator Program, and uh, make bank off of that sweet, sweet drive through RPG money um, by publishing this later. So maybe I do want to create, you know, 10 new foci that are uh, really tuned to this setting that are super interesting. Um, you know, when you look at a focus in the books, uh, there's there's a title, there's a little fluffy descriptor of like why you'd want to do this, what it's about. Um, there's a connection. Um, there's some like connection options of mm-hmm. how you relate to the other PCs. Um, it gives you additional equipment, which is one of the few places that you get equipment uh, to start off. So that can be important depending on your setting. Um, and then some minor effect and major effect suggestions. And then you get into what we're really focusing on here, which is tier one, what new skills, abilities, stuff do you get tier mm-hmm. two uh, and, and going forward. So if I'm going to go through the work of creating 10 new foci, I'm going to you know do it upright, make all the connections, et cetera. Oh, absolutely. If, if I'm just making one that we want to make sure, if I'm reskinning, you know, I'm a lot of times like, the player connections anyway, I, I find myself modulating to fit the particular group setup. You know, we'll, we'll often, sometimes a PC connection is like super great, but um, once in a while someone has a really good idea for a connection they should have with another player character. And a lot of times I'll just go with that if they have something that really grabs them. So I feel like, you know, although there's other anatomy that we're not talking about to what a focus is, um, we're really talking about these tier abilities um, primarily. Yeah. And I guess the other piece of advice, you know, around when you're building a foci is think about what you're using it for. So like Darcy said, if you're publishing it, yeah, you kind of have to go the whole nine yards and, you know, do all the fluff, do all the connections, do all six tier abilities. But say that it's for your homebrew game and historically your campaigns have lasted until tier three. There's really no need to build tier four, five, and six abilities, right? right? Like if you know that, hey, this game is going to be 10 sessions long, I estimate they'll get to about tier three. You know, maybe you build tier three, maybe you do tier four just as a safety net. But ultimately, you know, build only what you have to. If it's a one shot, you know, that you're doing this for, build whatever tier they're at, right? Don't, don't do the whole thing. That's a good point. Um, yeah. <laughs> Improvise only what you need, you know. Don't, this is this general jam <laughs> advice from us probably, right? Like have fun doing whatever prep you'd like. So if you want to build all of them, great. Mm-hmm. But, sure. you know, focus in on what's critical to the play experience probably because this, this can take a while. Yep. Um, I wanted to just list some kinds of sort of like types of foci that I, that I have noticed. 
Um, so there, there are foci like um, bears a halo of fire, lets you do a weird thing, lets you get better at doing that weird thing, right? Like I've got a halo of fire circling around my head. I can learn to use it and uh, protect myself with it, uh, be offensive with it, do um, maybe manipulate things with it eventually. Um, so they're sort of like honing in on one specific cool ability you have and like making that really sing. Uh-huh. And, you know, a lot of them are like this, especially in Numenera, right? And then there's more general interaction things that you're really good at. So maybe less like metaphysical, maybe less like a weird ability you have and more like um, something everyone can do, but you can do it way better. So things like leads, things like entertains, uh, speaks to the silver tongue. And those tend to give you uh, where where the I do a weird thing that no one else does gives you a lot of abilities that cost points and let you and start to enable you to do weirder stuff with that. Um, like things that are uh, super powered versions of technically mundane tasks that every can, everyone can do. A lot of times you're getting a lot of skills for that or free levels of effort. Um, so you're just bringing a lot more to all kinds of social or all kinds of persuasive tasks, right? And so those different players will find that really exciting. Um, or, you know, I feel like different players get drawn very differently to those, that kind of split. And then, one other that kind of falls into the maybe not mundane, but like the wields power with precision one is really interesting to me because it like it's it's all about, you know, have more points in your pools, uh, be trained in all esoteries if you're a nano. Right. So like all these uh, abilities you have through being a nano, suddenly you have training in all of them. You're like you're one step eased in any esoteric you can get. And that's like, so it's kind of a meta focus. It feels like it's it's a focus that really doesn't, it, it just plugs into what you're already choosing for other reasons and soups it up a lot. And I think that's that's really interesting to me. It can be really powerful, but it means you, it's for those players who really just love the abilities they're getting through their type, right? They just want to lean more into the type and it lets them do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that looking at those kind of broader categories is a really good thing to kind of identify when you're building your focus, which one of those broad categories do you think it might fit in? Yeah. Because then that lets you hone in on what other folk guy you should be looking at, you know, to say to give different options. What 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 are folk I like this doing? Yeah. Um and you know I I fully suspect that if you're creating the perfect, you know, there may be some people who and I think there are some foci where they they give you some skills and then they give you, you know, every other ability or something, something special and weird and kind yeah. of rule breaking. And you could totally mix and match. But mm-hmm. that was a helpful category that I was thinking about when I looked at these. Um, yeah. And again, I bet there's some other sneaky things in here that I'm I'm missing <laughs> that are really cool. And it makes me very excited to des- get designing some of my own stuff. But I the only other like category of thing you get at a tier like usually it's like you get some skills maybe get some pool points maybe you get an extra edge in something sometimes that happens so it's sort of like play with that rest of your character sheet and then there's lots and lots of abilities powered by your pools and then every once in a while there's like the commands beast thing you you get like a beast to you get a, a an NPC that becomes your companion, right? And there there are lots of in Numenera Destiny, lots of things where you get followers, and so that's kind of a whole another category of thing you can get at tiers now that I think is really interesting. Sort of people around you, or people or resources, beings that get to come along with you. Yeah, you know, and we should 
maybe talk about in the future, talk about how like the followers in Destiny differ a little bit from, you know, the animal companions in Predation and maybe right. which one of those rule sets is better for your particular game. You know, I mean, I think that that's yeah. an interesting question to talk about. Absolutely. That's a very, very good point. Um, yeah. What else do we want to say about creating a new focus from scratch except that, well, I mean, have we really... I think we've talked about the pros and cons, right? The pro, you get the, exactly the experience you're looking for. The con, it'll take some time and you're, you're going off the tracks. So mm-hmm. you've got to, the balancing is all on you. <laughs> yeah. You know, the only other suggestion I have for creating foci is to, you know, if you can, if you have available to you, um, you know, reach out to other community members, whether that's just the people around your table, people in the Discord, Twitter, Mm. whatever, and say, hey, I'm thinking about this foci, here's the details. Uh, Give me some opinions, right? Is this good, bad? Would you take this? Would you never take it? Um, And if you can, you know, if if it's something, obviously, if you're looking to like publish it or whatever, you know, definitely do some playtesting and stuff around it. But, you know, if you're just using it for your home game, you know, just reach out and get some opinions and see what, uh, what people think. Awesome. I, absolutely. That's a great, great point. Yeah, I think that's all we have to say about uh, foci, foci, or uh, what do we call them? Focuses. Focuses. Yeah. <laughs> the jury is, is not returned with their verdict on <laughs> what you should say and i say say what you want and say what makes you happy that's right absolutely. Uh, in case anyone comes at us about our, our pronunciation differences <laughs> <laughs> all right it's time for podities yeah moving on to podities um so we've talked about them a couple of times on this episode but um i did want to make you aware that besides running an amazing discord uh the guys over at Cypher Unlimited also have a YouTube channel uh, where they put up videos on occasion about a variety of topics, right? So they, um, you know, they like, they recap their Gen Con experience. They um, have had a couple of like advice type uh, episodes, um, you know, like they have a, a crafting one shots episode, I believe up there right now. Um, so, and, and I know that channel is just getting started. They don't have a ton of videos yet, but I know that they're looking to add to that and really kind of grow that following. So, um, if you're interested in watching some Cypher videos, I definitely recommend, uh, checking out the Cypher Unlimited YouTube channel. Absolutely. They are fantastic folks with lots of, lots of experience and advice to give. So I'm excited to see that, that grow some more. Uh, my podity this week is uh, Unearthly Twilights. It is a really cool new, uh, one of many new <laughs> Invisible Sun actual plays, which is fabulous. <laughs> uh, and this one is run by Grant Ellis, who's a fantastic recent convert to the Cypher system and all things Invisible Sun and MCG. Um, uh, he is a really experienced um, like Dungeons and Dragons GM and is just uh, has been in the streaming space forever. Is is really really talented there. Um, and so, Unearthly Twilight started last night, as the time of at, uh, at the time of this recording. It is a weekly Wednesdays show uh, happening on the Web DM Twitch channel. And so, the Web DM folks are really good. They they run this incredible uh, GM advice, mostly D and D YouTube channel, and then they also do a bunch of Twitch events that uh, eventually go up on their uh, on their YouTube. And so, and man, the cast is incredible. Uh, so. Jordan Shively, uh, Dread Singles on Twitter, who's just fantastic, dark humor, <laughs> delightful, spooky. 
uh, entity. He's one of the the cast members, and uh, so is the the opera geek uh, Kelly, who's a professional opera singer and who really brings it. Um, the two two of the WebDM guys are on it, and uh, some other folks who were new to me but were incredible cast members. So uh, it was it was a delight to watch. We just watched the first session, and I'm really excited to see it going forward. Um, they've like. I'm so invested in their characters and their first session, right? Like they, <laughs> uh, they've got some really that, uh, Jordan Chively is playing an apostate after my own heart who just like wants nothing to do with, you know, structures and like, it's all about like, you know, the truth you're given isn't worthwhile. You have to go find your own truths and is very just oh, cool. apostate to the max. And I am so excited to see them play together. So that's unearthly twilights Wednesdays on the WebDM Twitch channel. Awesome. Uh, and, you know, another thing that happens on Wednesdays is the Wednesday evening podcast All-Stars on the Misdirected <gasps> Mark Network. True. Uh, where here, Brett, Tom, Kevin, Chris, and Andy get together and play games that get edited down into an audio drama for your ears, um, as opposed to the audio drama for your eyes. Uh, join this crew of All-Star players as they create stories from the games you love. So uh, this is a really heavily edited uh actual play it's really good it's really fun uh to to listen to and they have a, a couple of different games out there so i definitely recommend giving them a listen absolutely ah so fun um i i deeply appreciate actual plays that are you know really heavily edited and well well produced mm -hmm. um i For do sure. not i do not have the patience as an editor i don't have the patience as an editor <laughs> to do anything but i i respect the work that goes into that and it's it's For really sure. Sure. intense that's great all right so i hope that you have found fault with some of our comments here and are going to <laughs> you know just pull on our ears and yell at us on twitter uh come yell at us on twitter at cypher pod and tell us all of your thoughts about how you customize foci how um we're thinking about it all wrong or things we missed i'm always eager to to find what insights uh, other people have discovered that differ from ours. So come bring that to us or tell us what you really ex are excited to try at your home game. Uh, absolutely. And if you have some longer uh, suggestions or feedback, feel free or to... Rants. <laughs> or rants. Or rants. <laughs> feel free <laughs> to uh, email us at uh, cypherspeakpod at gmail.com. Um, and if you have nice things to say, you know, <laughs> then go to uh, iTunes and give us a rating and or a review. Um, don't post your rants there. Just send those to us uh, specifically. You know, we'll yes. we'll take them and, uh, and respond to them in our emails. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much for listening. So, Darcy. Ooh. Um, what are you going to focus on in the next year? Taking time off. <laughs> Does that count? Playing more games. Oh, that, both of those are great answers. Yeah. <laughs> Cypherspeak is a member of the Misdirected Mark Podcast Network, the media arm of Encoded Designs. goddamn cat um oh my gosh what a good totally cat. lost my place <laughs> okay let's uh